With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, it's Richie. And before we start this episode of the show, we of course want to tell you about Draft Kings. Basketball season will not be around forever, so you got to get on the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving away new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. When you download the DraftKings app right now and use that promo code THPN that we've been telling you about for a while now, this week DraftKings is putting you in the action, again, with a free shot at millions of dollars. That's promo code THPN to get your free shot at millions of dollars. The hockey season is winding up as we are getting set for the playoffs. You can take part in fantasy hockey. You can take part in fantasy basketball, fantasy baseball. It's all going down on DraftKings, DraftKings.com, promo code THPN. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. It uh, is going to be a solemn night. Um, I don't foresee the Coyotes winning this game. Either way, your Arizona Coyotes are out of playoff contention. But we did get to see Jacob Chikrin be a goaltender tonight. So we did get to see some good stuff uh, to talk about this and much more as uh, it's been a little bit crazy in the hockey sphere for the past 48 hours to talk about this and everything else per the usual my wonderful and amazing co-host Richie Suave Flores how you doing hello Corey I'm still I'm still recovering from one of the most embarrassing moments of my entire life but we're about 24 hours later and I I I think at this point I'm like 85 percent recovered so so how do you not know how to recline a theater chair. I have no idea. I really don't. I Is talk- it because every time we go to the movies, you're too busy stealing my popcorn to learn how to recline your chair? No, because in this case, this particular chair, we went to go see Scott Pilgrim versus the world in Dolby. And it's like a much fancier like way, like better picture and better sound. And like they have the the seats like with the where the sound kind of moves through the theater super cool experience if you get a chance i actually watched uh one of the star trek movies in that same theater yeah it's it's really cool right so i went to go go went to go see scott pilgrim versus the world and and for whatever reason i could not figure out how to work their seats because most places now have these but they only have the one button so it reclines like kind of all at once type of thing or just the the feet will go up. These particular seats had like two buttons where you could recline the back and recline the footrest this like separately. And I kept moving these, clicking these damn buttons. I was like, nothing's happening. What's going on here? I can't do this. And, and so I was like, I need assistance. 
And so, <laughs> friend of the show, Jordan, helped me out with this. She was like, she was cracking up, I'm pretty sure, at this point. Because I couldn't figure out this damn chair. And she had to be like, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. And I finally got to work. And then I did the same freaking thing after the movie was over and I couldn't figure it out. It was You didn't learn your lesson? No. <laughs> and Richie. When a lady teaches you something, you gotta listen to it so that way you know what to do in the end. So the first part wasn't embarrassing. It's the second part to me that's embarrassing. Uh, yeah, it's embarrassing all around. Like, I don't know why I couldn't figure this out on my own. I'm a full-grown adult male in my 30s now and can't figure out how to work a damn chair. And for the record, Jordan has said that she's not going to let me live that down. I'm sure I'm never going to hear the end of it at this point. But, yeah, not my brightest moment by any means. <laughs> hey. At least no one was harmed in the um, inability for you to recline your chair. At least, you know, they're trying very hard to make it where it's customizable. So if you don't want to, and that is actually a lot of times what I hear, the problems I always hear with um, people about those chairs is that, like, some people want their feet up, but they don't want, like, their back to lean back, like, especially older people and stuff. They're like, oh, well, it hurts my back to lean back. And I'm like, I I don't see the problem. But then at the same time, I'm 26. So, you know, I'm, I don't have that type of body quite yet. Um, but I think they do that. So it makes those people comfortable because then they can just essentially change it to whatever incline they want slash need. It's, yeah, for most people, it's genius, and it's great, but for me, way too many complications, so, um, we were at, uh, Desert Ridge, the AMC at Desert Ridge, and, um, and maybe next time I go there, I'll actually figure the damn thing out. So- I hope so. I will be testing you on this. This, we will have to go to a movie over there just for the purpose of testing you on it. Like, it'll be a full-blown quiz and everything, we'll give you a grade- yeah, study for it. Yeah, so yeah, and I, we might have a chance coming up here in the next few weeks because we found out this week that leading up to the release of of Fast Nine, AMC is going to be showing each of the Fast and Furious movies every Friday night. And I told Corey earlier this week, I was like, we should try and go to as many of these as possible. And so maybe that's that will be our chance. That'll probably be the next movie we go to together. And so. You'll, you can test me then. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't I can't wait for that, by the way. Giving out free Fast and the Furious movies on Fridays. Ugh, it's probably not smart. I already texted our good friend Dom, and he's also hyped. I like it was funny, I didn't know all the complete details about it because I hadn't like looked into it in detail. You know, I'm not gonna be uh won't be able to do it this week, but I was like, you know. Why don't I um why don't I send it to Dom, see what Dom thinks for like later weeks and stuff like that? He went into it and was asking me questions. Can you do it for free for all of them? Is like and can you do can you watch every single one of them? He's like asking me all these details and I was like, 
I have no idea. I didn't look into it. And then he was like, can you show them that code in person or can you only do it online? He was like breaking this thing apart and he knows so much about it now. He was like filling me in on all of the little nitty gritty details. So now I feel like a complete genius about it, but it was all not from my own studying of it. It was for from Dom's. So I can guarantee you he'll be in on it with us. We'll drag Scotty with us. So we're going to start getting a small crowd here um, that is going to be here to watch you try and get your chair in the correct position. The pressure is is going to be on, and hopefully I can, I can I can figure it out and come through with it. I am still so confused at how I managed to mess it up. I, Corey, I shit you not, I tried. I pressed these fucking buttons for three full minutes trying to figure out what was going on. I even had the flashlight on my phone or on my, on my watch. I turned the flashlight on my watch to try and see the buttons better, and I still couldn't get it to work. It How was, did it not move at all? I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know if I was pressing hard enough. I don't know if I was just pressing the same button over and over again, thinking I was pressing a different button, which is very likely the case. It, I don't know. This I, is the main reason why why it's the constant joke that Richie is my child. <laughs> it's it's stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent true. Well, Richie, uh, as this game is starting to get closer and closer to a close, oh, someone just ate it over the goaltender. Um, I, I don't think there will be anything great coming out of the end of this game. I'm just predicting that. There's still 2.18 left in it. But how are you feeling now that we've come to essentially what is the bitter end of this season? There's still games remaining, but still. Well... As we've previously talked about, we've kind of known the writing has been on the wall for, I'd say, the last two weeks or so. And so it's not much of a shock at all. It's disappointment. It's frustration. But it's also a sense of, I don't want to say optimism in a way, but it's a sense of a little bit of curiosity, I think is the best word I can use to describe the offseason ahead. We've talked about that in a recent episode because I truly believe that this coming offseason is going to see massive, massive change across this roster and will not look anywhere near the same as it did this year. You're looking at a 23-man roster, I'd say ballpark number. We see at least half the roster turned over. And I don't think that's too crazy to say because with all the free agents they have, to see a half, like most of your blue line, the only two blue liners that the Coyotes have signed up for next year, as far as I know, are Jacob Chikorin and Ilya Labushkin. And that's it. So <laughs> it's going to be a very curious offseason, and that's what we're going to kind of move into here now, is we're going to be asking a lot of questions about this roster, who stays, who goes, and what this team is going to look like headed into this next tenure and I think both of us agree it's going to be a tenure with a new head coach. I don't think you and I think Rick Talk is going to be back next year. There are some fans who, who would disagree with us. There are some fans who have hated Rick Talk at all along. Like we've said, I like Rick Talk. I think he's a good head coach. I just think his time in Arizona has come and passed, and he'll go get a job elsewhere around the league and probably do really well because 
for what it's worth, like he did a really good job with the roster he was given. I don't necessarily have a problem with Rick Tockett's coaching as much as what the, how the roster was built. But uh, yeah, very curious offseason ahead. Yeah, I, I keep on making jokes that I'm just going to be grabbing my popcorn and sitting here and watching it unfold. Because who really knows, you know, what's, what is rumbling around in their heads there trying to make these decisions because of the fact that um, there's so many options that can be made. You can go so many different directions with this team because, as you previously mentioned, there are so many players that are expendable at this point. And so you it's going to basically be, you know, a a pick and choose of whatever you want to make this team to be. It's it's a it's like a mad lib, you know, it's missing all of those little spaces in there and they get to fill it however they want to. And it's going to be really, really interesting to watch. I think this is going to be one of the most interesting off seasons we've had in a long time, which is really nice because normally we're trying to fill these episodes with whatever we can during the off season because it's so boring. But this one is going to be so exciting that I I'm I'm honestly getting really amped up for it. And it was funny, you had sent me a text earlier of an article that Craig Morgan had put out and he was basically talking about all the different things. If Coyotes fans um, were to get everything that they wanted to get, um, what would it be? And this is like, he just kind of listed it all off. And you s- sent me a section of it and said, did he take this directly from me? And uh, it was Oliver Ekman Larson would be stripped of the Captain C. And uh, Jacob Chikrin would wear it instead. I, I can wholeheartedly agree with that. Ekman Larson would be traded for anything they can get in the offseason. Everyone but Chikrin would be traded. And those were the three that you were like, this this is taken straight from my Twitter. And I mean, I can't deny any of that. It was funny when we were joking around with uh, Kat earlier today. She was saying that he asked for, you know, the list of the, the craziest things that people said. And I was like... Oh, see, I still have 35 seconds. You're already playing the the sad music. The funeral music is what you're calling it, correct? This is the funeral march from Chopin. Yeah. Oh, God, we're so classy. I don't know. Every end is a beginning, Richie. I think we are about to see a great beginning of a new coyotes here and that's that's something to be hopeful for not something to be sad about you know I still think we should mourn the loss of this coyote season because there was so much promise to it they were in that fourth spot there at some point over the last month or so they had a five point lead over the St. Louis Blues for the fourth spot in the Western Division. It's just hard because there was so much promise, but there was like the same amount of promise out of them as there would be if, you know, your first place in a NASCAR race, your bumper falls off, so you duct tape it back together. And then you just hope and pray it'll stay together throughout the rest of the race. Like, that's how this team felt. It felt like they were hanging on by some duct tape. 
And that's the type of promise they had. It was a promise that had the scary reality that the duct tape could fall off at any moment. Yeah, I feel like I should give a eulogy here. Uh, so I'm going to do my best to do this completely on the fly. I have nothing written down. I'm going to do my best to completely make up a eulogy to this Coyotes team on the spot. So here we go. Let me uh, increase the music here. Thank you, Arizona Coyotes. For a season unlike any other. For a while, there were no fans at Gila River Arena. But then they came back. And they got some hat tricks along the way. Thank you, Jacob Chikrin, for being amazing and perfect. And for scoring 18 goals so far this season, I think you should win the Norris Trophy. Hashtag Chick Doors. Thank you, Phil Kessel, for having a resurgent season this year. Your hat trick was quite fun. Thank you, Auntie Ranta for showing up in some games this year. While others, not so much. Thank you, Aiden Hill, for proving that you are actually a pretty solid goaltender. I'm going to miss you, Arizona Coyotes. We'll see you again in the Central Division. Have a beautiful offseason. That was beautiful, but I feel like it may have been ripped off from Jimmy Fallon's thank you notes <laughs> that he much. does on Friday. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but it, like, I like how you pointed out the fact that we'll see them uh, next year in the Central Division. That is the thing. is that It is kind of sad that the Coyotes never got a proper farewell from the Pacific Division. Well, they pretty much just got ran out of it by San Jose and LA over the last four games, so <laughs> they got pretty But it But I still mean like they never got like a proper like final time in the Pacific Division. They were in the Honda West. They were in the West, that's yeah. true. And then it didn't get to be a final goodbye. Felt weird. Yeah, I guess that's right, isn't it? But at the same time, I mean I guess they would have been. It would have been nice to play Vancouver this year. They've been terrible, right? Calgary wasn't very good. So maybe in a way, I think you're. I think you're right. But isn't that going to be weird when we're finally playing Canadian teams again? <laughs> yeah, hopefully that's the case, right? I mean, that's everything I've read is that it's back to normal next year with the inclusion of the Seattle Kraken, even. Oh my gosh! Yeah, this is going to be. Nothing will be the same. Because, yeah, now we will have the Seattle Kraken. Speaking of of all these different changes that will be happening in the offseason, you also have the Kraken picking up people from each team. That's correct. Yeah, we'll have the expansion draft coming up later this year, over the summer. You guys strap in because it's going to be a really crazy fucking ride i i'm predicting that right here right now if i'm gonna laugh really hard if it ends up being super boring after i said that <laughs> yeah yeah i don't I, <laughs> you know what that's probably what's exactly what's gonna happen is because there's not very often where any arizona team has a very exciting off season 
for the most part. It should be, though. That's the whole point, is it should be a very exciting offseason because there should be a giant shakeup. I don't know if I really feel the same way as a lot of people do about the whole Rick Tockett thing. I don't I don't mind Rick Tockett. I think he's a great coach, and I don't really mind him being here. I don't think he was given the team that he works well with, for sure. If he gets into a team that it's really just going to depend on what type of team they're willing to build, because if they're going to build a team that, um, that is up his alley of, of what he coaches well, then I say keep him here. But if they're going to build a team that doesn't fit his coaching style well, then get rid of him. But I wouldn't mind seeing him stay. I just really want to see a nice overhaul of this team because I was the first proponent to say, like, you know, the last thing we can afford to do is go through rebuild period again because of the fact that, you know, this team needs to be making money. So you don't really need to be crappy for five years you know you need to keep on kind of holding this the standard of still winning a decent amount but um i'm kind of at the point now where i'm i'm totally fine totally okay and i just combined okay and fine um with them kind of overhauling this team i'm kind of ready for it yeah it's it'd be like a it would be like coyotes 2.0 Coyotes 2.0 because basically what's happening here is Coyotes 1.0 was the John Chica era. That's what we just saw we're seeing pretty much come to an end because Bill Armstrong didn't really make too many adjustments to the roster for the most part, right? And he didn't have much of a draft, obviously. So I no first round pick again this year. So this is going to be like Coyotes 2.0. This is going to be from here on out Bill Armstrong's team. Well, 1.0 was more like Don Maloney. There is still some residuals of Don Maloney on this team. He was like 1.0, and then Chaika was like 1.5, and then Armstrong's now going to be 2.0. Yeah, I could I could see that, but I don't think too many players like left were left over from the Maloney years, for the most part, right? I think it was just like. I think Dylan Strong was his last draft pick, and he's he's long gone by now. No, I, I was not prepared for that. I don't have those statistics right in front of me. Um, I will look this up, though. <laughs> That's so freaking long ago, man. Like, when you say Don Maloney was the general manager of the Arizona Coyotes, that was a long freaking time ago. So... But, uh, yeah, I mean, because he, he began, like, in, like, what, 2008, something like that, was there for a long time, and then John Chica was only there for a short time, and now we'll see what Bill Armstrong has it has in store. His last season was the 2015-2016 season. Yeah, so five years ago. Five years goes by fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was with the Coyotes – um, he started on May 28th, 2007. Ooh, yeah. So he was in there. He was in that job a long time. Eight, eight years is a long time to be a general manager. Because any any more, it's like if you don't turn a team around in three years, you're gone. So, which is which is kind of wild that he stuck around that long. But he also got the team to the playoffs three straight years on a team bunch of basically full of nobodies for the most part. 
a lot of forgetful names. So um, we have a, a little bit more hockey to get to here, Corey. Um, you had uh, a Corey's Corner rant prepared for us tonight. And you said you were going to spring a topic on me here and surprise me. So you wanted to talk about the Tom Wilson situation and its aftermath and then what we saw on Wednesday night where the Capitals and Rangers began the game with a massive line brawl. You you want to hear some people, by the way, that were drafted by Don Maloney, Christian Fisher, Aiden Hill, Connor Garland. Oh. Christian Dvorak. Jeez, so I'm just I'm just dead fucking wrong. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm usually not that wrong. <laughs> I didn't realize I, was gonna say, I know that there is people on this team that were drafted by him. Cause let's see here. Uh so Christian Dvorak was picked number 58 in 2014. Michael Bunting was picked 117 um, in 2014. Connor Garland was picked 123 in 2015. Aiden Hill was picked 76 in 2015. And Christian Fisher was picked 32 in 2015. Oh, and so like that, you're talking about some pretty important pieces of the Coyotes' future there, and Connor Garland and Michael Bunting that were both Don Maloney draft picks. Yeah, so there and, is and Christian a lingering too. of Don Maloney. That's just wild to me. That's just wild. But again, that goes to show you how bad John Chica was at drafting. Outside of the genius freaking move he made to draft Jacob Chikrin. Okay, the long, the only long-lasting and genius move John Chica ever made is making the move that the got the Coyotes that pick in that draft with the Detroit Red Wings to draft Jacob Chikrin. So that was a nice little history lesson there for me because I had completely forgotten about that. To be honest, yeah, it that this shows what happens when uh, when. <laughs> When you're you're working for the team in the prime of all of it, you you remember the random little things. And when Richie but, doesn't do yeah. his research before the show, <laughs> <laughs> or don't question me, Richard. That's what it is. You just don't question. No, I'm I am not always right. That is that is not correct at all. So, and that that was just something that I happened to um, remember pretty well um but that is not always the case so that is very right for you to question me because it it could possibly be wrong but um i did have a a small little rant slash question slash i I just kind of wanted to talk about something and um first of all i'd like to start this whole thing off with a little psa first of all um everyone let's let's be a little bit nicer to each other online um, it's been a hell of a week, or not even a week. It's felt like a week. It's been like 48, 72 hours on um, hockey Twitter that have been uh, god-awful. And um, and then also, too, uh, I would like to congratulate TJ Oshi on his, um, on his hat trick, you know, just 
a couple days after his father has passed. Um, that's got to be such an emotional game for him. And uh, it's crazy that a lot of it has been covered up with um, all of the stuff that has been going on um, with the Rangers and the Caps as of recent. But uh, kind of wanted to give a little shout out to him and um, on our and our condolences on on Papa Oshi. Um, but I did want to pose a question here because everyone has been going back and forth, getting really heated on each side, whether you are um, on the Tom Wilson side or if you're on the Artemi Panarin side, you are very passionate about it. I am not really here to argue either side on that. I more want to argue the lack of authority and drive out of the NHL in handling this. Um, in the end, he, he should have been at least suspended a game so that way he wasn't playing in this game. You wouldn't have seen the shit show that was today. But I also feel like there is um, a bit of um, hypocrisy in the entire thing. As we've talked about before, a lot of times it has been said that the NHL is trying to move in a direction that is a lot more, um, you know, goal scoring, skill based. And that's where they're moving with things. They're moving away from the traditional, you know, having the enforcers and fighting and having that part of hockey, they're wanting that to be more of an afterthought than um, a staple in games anymore. And I just feel like that is extremely, uh, it's, it's extremely hypocritical to say when you won't, put down the um the penalties to players that are deserved for when they injure other players because then you end up getting games that are like today which is old school hockey of you took out our best player so we are going to come back at you with a vengeance and i just i i'm kind of wondering if you feel the same way about the nhl and the hypocrisy of the whole thing, considering the fact that it, if they were going to push for that, you would think that they would be harder on players hurting other players since they are trying to make the league a lot smaller, a lot more fast and skilled, not so big and enforcers. I, I can, I can certainly see that as being the case. Like it's, it, to me, I think the Department of Player Safety has proven to me that they just don't care at this point. When they say they care about player safety, they don't. How many times have we seen Connor Garland get wrecked this year and not a single damn thing happen? Right? How many times have we seen Ryan Reeves throw a bad hit and him not get suspended? Right? How many times has Connor Garland, like I said, how many times has Connor Garland gotten abused and there is really a penalty or or rarely a suspension of any kind whatsoever and and that's the thing that sucks about the NHL is and George Peros is the department of player safety head right now and yeah he's done a piss poor job of it like they created that entire situation themselves 
and how they handled the Tom Wilson situation. And you and I, many, many years ago, in the original version of, of this show, I remember we did, we had a segment where you and I kind of debated whether or not we think fighting should be banned from the league. And, and you at the time were, you had said that you were, you don't think it should be banned. And I at the time was like, oh, I, I should go away. I'm still on that side. I, there's a reason why when you watch Coyotes games now, there's rarely a fight, and I'm perfectly fine with it. It should be, a, it's slowly weaning its way out of the sport. However, if I'm not mistaken, I believe I saw a tweet from Greg Wyshynski this year, uh, a couple weeks ago, where fighting this year is a little bit up, where in the past it has gone down uh, on a decline over the last decade or so. So, in my opinion, at some point, the act of dropping the gloves and fighting is going to wean its way out of the sport. And it should go away completely. But that means that the NHL has to be even more aware of situations like Tom Wilson. And they need to take it seriously. And, for example, you know what the best example of this is? What does Major League Baseball do every time there's a emptying of the benches? You usually see suspensions. Even though there's never been, there are never punches thrown a lot of these, these things. And if there are, you get suspended. Right, Same thing in the NFL. You get suspended if you throw a punch. Should be the same thing in NHL too, more or less. Whereas, like, unless it's an actual fight, if you're in a scrum and you throw a punch, you should get suspended automatically. That's where the NHL should be at with this. And show that they actually care about player safety instead of just letting the players have free reign and creating a situation like we saw on Wednesday, which was absolutely ridiculous and was such a bad look for the sport, in my opinion. I was like, what is what is the point of this? It's ridiculous. It solves nothing. And it takes away from where the focus should be, which is the inability of the Department of Player Safety to do their freaking job and protect players like our Timmy Panarin from getting hurt. But then you go into these situations where, you know, you have a team like the Rangers that doesn't particularly have really massive guys that are the enforcer type that are the Ryan Reeves of a team. And so and there really isn't someone to particularly um, protect their players in that sense. And clearly the Department of Player Safety is not going to be protecting the players either. To me, this screams an insurgence again of um, enforcers coming back into the NHL because teams are going to be wanting to protect their star players. And this is going to be the way that they're thinking they're going to have to do it is by, you know, essentially like street justice type of a thing where they are going to have to try and settle it on the ice because the Department of Player Safety won't do anything about it. And I just... It's so it, it's so funny because it's so counterintuitive to what they're trying to do with the sport and where they're trying to move it. Um, I mean, I, I like a nice medium. I, I'm very like that with everything in my life, I feel like. Um, so, you know, I don't think we should completely do away with fighting, but I, I also don't think, you know, with all we have known about CTE and everything else in this world that, you know, we should encourage fighting like it used to be. I, I think there's a nice... So there's a nice middle in there and there's a place where it is necessary, but not to an excessive amount, especially not to tonight or I guess Wednesday night where um, things got to a point where it was literally like 
doing rounds. They went rounds and rounds and rounds because of the fact that nothing was done about it. So they took it into their own hands. And, um, you know, the last time, at least in in recent history that that happened was um, when Tortorella was behind the bench for the Rangers. And that was literally because the coaches hated each other. And so they just lined their players up and had them fight it. This type of thing doesn't happen very often. And so that should be a warning to them that something's not right here and something needs to be done. And I'm not saying this to be over dramatic or to be, you know, one of those people that are like, you know, this super like, Oh, it needs to be more civilized. I'm, I'm not, I'm actually usually a lot more in the center of this as Richie was kind of saying. It's just there's a point when it becomes when is enough enough and when will you actually do something to make this not become a gong show. I mean, really, that's that was a nationally televised game and it was a complete shit show. So if you are someone who is trying to get into hockey for the first time, you didn't really watch shit. You watched people go at it constantly. Fill up a box so much that people are making jokes about social distancing um, because you couldn't fit another person in that box. And they had to literally just start throwing people out during the end of the period. You know, they were just giving everyone misconducts like left and right to try and gain some order in this game. And it, it takes away from the beauty of the game, and but you can't blame the Rangers for doing it. I can't blame the Rangers one bit for doing what they did because of the fact that no one else was going to stand up for them. And it's just, I don't know. We can't go back to the days. And uh, I had sent you, Richie, a, a video that Sean Avery had put out because it was very old school he had said what i would do is i would i would have their goaltender out there and just line them up and just take him out and that's very old school hockey revenge a very like eye for an eye type of thing and we can't go back to that so there has to be something done before we end up just going completely backwards instead of advancing in a in a forwards direction and making this league more exciting for people to watch. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't foresee the NHL moving backwards at all. I don't think that's the case. I think over the last again, you kind of look at trends more so than just one solo occurrence and the trend over the last 5 to 6 years especially is things are starting to become like you mentioned at the top of your your um discussion there is that it's becoming a league where every single player on your roster has to contribute. There are no more of these guys, like you said, that are your fourth line guys that play three minutes and are literally have no talent whatsoever. Basically, they're just out there to throw their body around, drop the gloves, whatever. And I don't think we're going back to the era of the enforcers. I think that that era is completely gone. So, in my opinion, what we saw on Wednesday was more or less just a one-off occurrence, and it's not really going to happen again because we see 
Tom Wilson was not a first-time offender. He he does this seemingly at least once or twice a season. You see it all around the league in these players that are players who walk the line between being dirty and and being effective in how they use their aggressiveness, I guess, for lack of a better way to describe it. But So it, it's, it's just a one-off thing, but I think you're right in that the NHL has to be careful in a way that it's a wake-up call for the league that, hey, we need to start taking this stuff more seriously or things could go awry very quickly if we don't adjust to it. Yeah, because if they don't, the teams will, and that's going to be completely opposite of their entire goal of where they're where they've been trying to move the league. Yeah, I I, I agree. I agree. So let us know what you think about that discussion again at Corey underscore Ricky Show on Twitter. Speaking of our Twitter handle, our sporty question for this episode has gotten quite a bit of feedback. One of our most popular ones we've got had in a while. And I decided to ask, what is the most obscure jersey you own? It could be the most obscure team jersey. It could be the most obscure player that you own. And we've gotten plenty of responses, and I'll get to those in just a second. But first, let me let me reveal my answer. And the reason why I was the reason why I was thinking about this is because I was like, for some reason, I was like. Uh, I was, I think I was actually looking at Suns jerseys the other day, and I was like, "How much is it for a Suns jersey?" And first of all, the Valley jerseys completely sold out; can't get them anywhere. That's what happens when you have the best team in the NBA, I guess. And so that got me thinking. I was like, "Okay, well, what kind of a sporty question can I do?" And I came up with this question. And so, my most obscure jersey. First of all, I think all my jerseys are obscure. I don't have a lot of them because I don't wear them a whole heck of a lot. So I have some. I have ones that I found on the cheap, and that's why I have them. And my two best examples are my the Rams jersey I wear the most is a Mark Bolger jersey, <laughs> former Pro Bowl MVP Mark Bolger, mind you. So I have that. I wear that all the time when I go to games and whatnot and on game days. And then my other one is D-backs related, and I have a Connor Jackson jersey that has the the 10th anniversary patch on it. So from 2008, a red Connor Jackson number 34 jersey. (laughs) That's kind of cool, though. It's, it's different. It's very unique because everybody had their Paul Goldschmidt, their Randy Johnsons, their Luis Gonzalez jerseys. I also have a Luis Gonzalez jersey too, but I think I spilled um, chocolate on it, so I can't wear it anymore. <laughs> Unless I go get it like dry clean somewhere. So yeah, that's I agree. That's like it's kind of cool. It's like a little kind of it's just like a conversation you can talk, have. Like oh, why do you have that Connor Jackson jersey? Oh, let me tell you about about how I got that. And same thing with the Mark Bolger too, because. How many D-backs fans, how many Rams fans are like, oh, yeah, Mark Bolger, yeah, he was a great player. I remember him. And how many D-backs fans are like, oh, yeah, Kojak, Connor Jackson. He was the guy with that had Valley Fever, right? Which is what Connor Jackson's claim to fame for the Diamondbacks at this point, at, long after he's he's been gone from the game. So the, those are my two choices. Well, yeah, no, I think it's cool. It's cool to have something different. Um, cause yeah, it, and, it, and it makes you easier to spot out in a crowd. Whereas everyone else, when everyone else is wearing their goldie ones, 
I mean, like, even mine, mine's a Jake Lamb one. I feel like there was a decent amount of people who bought Jake Lamb ones while he was yeah, here. Yeah, because he was, like, a fan favorite player. Yeah. So, it's, like, it makes you different. It makes you stand out in the crowd. I think that's great. Mine, um, mine, you will actually know very well. Mine is an Atlanta Gladiators uh, jersey. Yes. And um, for those of you that do not know, they are an ECHL team that feeds into the Bruins. Um, you know, they well, they, you know, above them is the Providence Bruins and then obviously the Boston Bruins. Um, yeah, so um, I got this one not because I was at a game but because my wonderful co-host Richie was at a game and was like, hey, they are selling these jerseys here. Do you want one? And I kind of fell in love with the fact that their logo on the front genuinely looks like Shredder (laughs) from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And my brother was big Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle person, so... Um, that's definitely my most obscure jersey. That's a good choice. Let's move. Let's let's. Uh, yeah. So I, I have one of those too because I was in Atlanta for the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and I went to a Gladiators game on Super Bowl weekend, and that was like their promotion that they did, and they did like it was five dollars, and you can get a replica jersey. It was really cool, and they like sold out of them within like an hour or whatever it's pretty dope and i yeah so i'm glad you still have that hanging in your closet somewhere as do i, I have never once worn it but it's like a cool it's again it's a cool like memento from that time i went to the super bowl <laughs> it was it was really cool to pull it out like i have it sitting next to me right now i'm like looking at it right now and it just it's a dope looking jersey just all together it's a really cool looking jersey so if there isn't a very underrated jersey i'm definitely giving that team a shout out and the fact that it's pretty cool so here are some of the responses we got on twitter we're still getting a bunch of them and there are some really cool ones in here some i haven't seen or heard of five for howling sent us a picture of the phoenix cobras who were in uh i believe an inline hockey team here in phoenix many many years ago from the 90s uh, Dave from the Vegas podcast says the De- he has a Detroit Vipers jersey. From Sheldon Lee, he sent us in a picture of an Atlanta Thrasher jersey with the name on the back. That's number seventy-seven, spelt Z H I T N I K. I have no idea who that is, or even if that's a real player. That might be the leader in the clubhouse so far for weirdest one. We have. Um, uh, Rye Jack on Twitter says a Marco Sturm Germany jersey. Shout out Team Germany. Der- team Germany. James has a warm-up jersey from the LA Kings first responders night. And uh, it's got the captain bars on the collars and sleeve. I don't know. Oh, it's Andre Kopitar. That's really dope. It actually looks really cool. Um... Andre Kopitar got his 1,000th career point tonight, too, for the uh, Kings. So congratulations to him. Um, Brian said a University of Manitoba Bison men's hockey Cooperall jersey from the early 80s. Nate from the 
um, Anaheim Ducks podcast, a CCM Calgary Flames fashion jersey from the 1990s. Um, Ben said he has a Hockey Fights COVID-19 Patrick Marlowe Penguins jersey, which is really funny. I don't know where he managed to pick that up. And then one of my other favorites is we have Timmy Howell, who is from New Zealand, if you didn't know. Big Coyotes fan on Coyotes Twitter. You probably know who he is. Um, He has a Botany Swarm jersey from the New Zealand Ice Hockey League. And it looks really cool. It's like a, it's got like a, if if you know who the Sarnia Sting are from the OHL, their logo reminds me a lot of the Sarnia Sting. It's really cool. So continue sending in your your picks uh, at Corey Richie, at Corey underscore Richie Show on Twitter, and we'll continue to retweet them. There's some good ones out there. And just for the record, they can be anything. They don't have to be hockey. So they can be football like mine where baseball, whatever. We want to know about all your weird jerseys. I, I wish I had other weird jerseys, but I, I don't. That is Yeah, because my... you and I don't really own a lot of them. No, I mean, I have I have three Coyotes ones. Um, well, I mean, I have I technically have two. My fiance has one. So I have a Shane Doan one, a Keith Yandel one, and um, I got him a Max Domi one. I will still say I definitely went in on that one thinking he was going to be here long term, and that was not the case. Um, and then... Um, I have a Patrick Peterson Cardinals jersey. He's now uh, gone. What? He's now gone. He's in Minnesota now. Did you know that? <laughs> I, I do know that. <laughs> I figured you did. I, I have a are Jake you gonna Lamb get, jersey. Are you going to get a Patrick Peterson Vikings jersey? I I don't think he changed so. His when I got that seven. jersey, it was when they were uh, in, in the Super Bowl. So... It was, I don't, I don't think so. So it wasn't even like one of their like night, the, the nice ones either. It was kind of one of the like cheaper ones that they mm-hmm. had out. Um, and then what I do have a nice one of um, that I bought actually at the stadium itself when I went to my first game there um, is my uh, Adam Thielen Vikings jersey. So those are, I think, all of my jerseys. That's a pretty solid selection. That's a pretty solid. Selection. I mean, I, you know, there's there's ASU ones hanging around here and stuff like that, but that's that's because uh, Scotty played ASU hockey, so there's there's some ASU hockey jerseys laying around here too. It's like I have a rule now when it comes to jerseys. Number one, they're really expensive, but number two, I don't really like buying players' jerseys because by the time you buy them, they're gone. And so, like, I've kind of come to the conclusion that any jersey I I buy from here on out are going to be players who I know are going to be, like, all-time players for that particular team. So, for example, if I were to buy a new Rams jersey, I'm going instead of buying my favorite player, Cooper Cup, I would buy an Aaron Donald jersey because I know he's a future Hall of Famer, Right? If I were to buy a Phoenix Sun jersey, I would probably buy a Devin Booker jersey because he is going to go down as maybe the best Phoenix Sun of all time if things continue on the route they're going. If I were to buy, I have a Shane Doan jersey. Exactly, and like same thing with 
Coyotes, yeah, you get a Shane Doan jersey, right? Um, or in a Diamondbacks, right? You go, you get a Luis Gonzalez throwback jersey, right? Which I have, like I said, I have one. I just have. <laughs> I actually, I mean, the man still works for the team too, so yeah. he's still there technically. I'll, Same thing with Randy Johnson. Yeah, I also think the one and only time I remember wearing the Gonzo jersey to a game was a spring training game. I went to, I went, I think you. Went to that game with me, and I I had bought some like chocolate ice cream or something, and and managed to get it all over my white jersey. <laughs> I'm sure I was. I'm sure I was around for that actually. <laughs> See, and we come full circle, ladies and gentlemen, from me being a complete dope at the beginning of the show, and showing that I am a pretty much a child that needs super adult supervision at all times, to the end of the show where I talk about needing adult supervision at all times. <laughs> Hey, it's it's much better than when we joke about, uh, you know, putting one of those like child leashes on you like parents do with their kid at Disneyland because you run off so quickly. It's one of those where uh, lucky Richie is tall. Otherwise, he would get lost in a crowd so often. I can't even explain to you. (laughs) One hundred percent true. 100% 100% true. All right, do you have anything, last words, before we say goodbye? Uh, No, actually, I'm, I think I'm pretty spent on this one. I got my little rant out this time. You had a rant last time. I, I have a rant this time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we got our rants in. So I, th- I think I'm good. All right, beautiful. Again, our condolences to the Arizona Coyotes for their season being over at this point. Some news about next week's shows. We For next week's two shows next week, both on Monday and Thursday, they're going to be best of versions of the show where we br- are bringing back some of our favorite random shit stories over the last few months. So get ready for that. That's on Monday and Thursday. Ne- yeah, Monday next Monday and Thursday because Corey's going to be out of town. and I'm, I'm, I'm in a wedding. I have a solid excuse, I promise. Yes, exactly. So we're going to take a little break next week. But be sure to tune in anyway, because I was I was cutting together that episode, Corey. Some just phenomenally hilarious crap we talked about on this show. And remember, folks, we are indeed a hockey show, first and foremost. I feel like we actually did a pretty good job about talking about hockey tonight. I think we spent half the show maybe talking about hockey. And that's usually something we don't do. <laughs> I mean, even when we got into the sporty question, I still brought it back to an obscure hockey team, Mm -hmm. but a hockey team indeed. So I did bring it back to hockey. I think I may have only talked about hockey today outside of you spilling ice cream on yourself and um, reclining chairs. So I think I think we did a solid job this time around. I do too. We will talk to you with a brand new episode in 10 days or whatever the heck it is from now when the season's over. So until next time, Sporty Nation, good night and good hockey, everybody.